0: The okay. Enjoy the show, out. Boom, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Byron Rogers here with Executive Protection Lifestyle and Bravo Research Group, a private security company out of Southern California. I've got a guest today uh, that I'm excited about, as always, but um, I just know we're going to learn a lot about a lot of things that are going to going to demonstrate a lot of value to everyone on the podcast today. I've got Rafa Conde here with me and uh, I'm excited to have him. How you doing, Rafa?
1: What's up, Byron, my man? Great show, man. Love what you're doing.
0: Thanks, man. Thank you. And right back at you, you know, like your Man of War podcast is awesome. Uh, I think it's timely. I think the world really needs a lot of the things you guys are talking about on there. So I'm honored to have you, brother. Thanks, man. Honored to be on. Fantastic, man. So starting from ground zero, Um, I always think it's best to have everyone introduce themselves because I've, (laughs) I've butchered a few So, you know, who are you at your root?
1: Well, at my root, man, I'm a guy that's uh, basically fighting to, on a mission really, uh, to transform men into warriors. All right. My, my story goes back to when I was younger and I started the martial arts, went down, um, you know, many, many years of training over 35 years right now under my belt um i uh, basically was a wall street broker uh for about 12 years um and learned a lot learned a lot about mindset uh but more importantly from there i transitioned over to be a um a police officer um and most of my career was uh, undercover narcotics worked in different specialized units um such as swat uh vice uh currently i am a um, hostage negotiator and um also, field training officer, had a good stint there, and also uh, as a academy, police academy instructor, which I still teach at the uh, police academy. In between that, I did a bunch of PSD work uh, uh, in Central America uh, and South America, and uh, basically about four years ago, um, I uh, decided to start focusing on the forging of men into warriors, which is, uh, in my opinion... Hugely needed in our society now,
0: Absolutely.
1: and uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, we've seen the emasculation of men, and we've seen just men go out there and underperform uh, yeah. in every aspect of their life. <laughs> so, uh, my goal was to bring the old warrior ways, the old warrior creeds, the ethos, right that we right. live by, and instill it in modern day, right in our modern day, right here, right now. So I started uh, a movement. I started a podcast called the Man of War podcast. Uh, We've done very well, thank God. And uh, we have a very tight following across the board. Um, I also run a martial arts school here in Boca Raton, Florida. And what we did is we linked the Man of War uh, company with the the actual martial arts school. So we have an entire training center down here now in, in Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. which includes the Man of War brand, which now we've gone into doing different events throughout the day, uh, throughout the year, which is um, the Crucible. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two Crucibles per year, uh, which is a five-day, four-night training event. Uh, we have one coming up next month. Also the Conclave of Warriors, which is a yearly um, conference or experience, as I like to call it, for mm-hmm. um, warrior-minded individuals. And obviously our training facility, our apparel our, our parallel uh, uh, brand and, and all that good stuff in-house here. So we've got a lot of shit going on. But yeah. more importantly, man, in the essence, I'm just a guy really trying to go out there, help people and uh, really have people learn from my fucked up experiences in life and be able to to make something out of, out of it for
0: sure. Heck yeah. Man, you're contributing on a high level, brother. And that that to me, man, that's what really gets me excited. You know, I think we have that in common. If there's one thing I want to do is contribute, you know, and that that contribution is huge that you're making. And you know, on kind of what you said, I believe that you know, masculinity and the development of masculinity and healthy masculinity, like, ladies, if you're listening, um, that's not just for the well-being of men. You know what I mean? That's something that is going to help our society exponentially. Uh, when you're dealing with less toxic masculinity, and there's less men out there underperforming, as Rafa said, everyone wins. We it, it, there's going to be more provision and protection overall for everyone. One hundred percent, no doubt. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, if you had a, a favorite saying or mantra or, or, or something like that, what would it be, Rafa? Uh,
1: typically, you know, it, it's this. All right, your life may be challenging. Okay, for sure. This is the first thing that I like. You, you, you might go through struggles in life, right? But in the end, you must continue to power through. So I'm a big believer in, 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 in moving forward in life and learning from our mistakes. So if you were to tell me, hey, what do I tell people right off the bat? Okay, how do you continue moving forward in life? I say your life may be challenging, all right? Of course, but more importantly, all right, is how you react to those challenges and how you overcome them. So I'm always about overcoming about perseverance about tenacity. Um, and it's very simple, you know, in life, we look at it, at least I look at it in a way where it's, you know, every struggle, every daily struggle that we have, um, to me, whether you win it or you lose it, you're learning from it regardless.
0: Yeah. And that's awesome. Making everything serve you in one way or another, you know, the, um, Even the, the, I was saying today on one of the videos, you know, even the things that we, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, but you can make every single one of those failures serve you if that failure makes you better. Yeah, I agree. You know,
1: hundred percent, man, with that, that, that's, you know, that is, that is spot on right there. You know, this is my, what I like to say is this, your life may be challenging, it's full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory. Boom.
0: That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, good man. to go. That, that's
1: what I live by right there.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. You got to face life on your feet and you're still, you're, are you still active in law enforcement or protection or
1: anything? I am. Yep. I am.
0: Okay. Outstanding. What would you say you like the most about your job and, and, and law enforcement and protecting and what you're doing now?
1: Well, I love serving. I love serving the community. And that's a big mm-hmm. thing for me going out there and really helping people, but more importantly, and that's just a very generic. Okay. But Mm -hmm. more importantly, I mean, no bullshit aside, I like chasing down the fucking bad guys. I like to be able to go out there. You know, that's it. I like to go out there and say, look, yeah, I'm here to serve the community. But these bad guys, these violent criminals that are out there, that's when I really step up my game. You know, that is when my mentality goes into freaking code zero, right? Right at that point. And, And I'm all about focusing on taking down the bad guys because- there are so many, so many bad people out there. And, and and it's unfortunate that our society believes otherwise. And I'm not here to scare everybody and say, hey, mm-hmm. no, you got to live an attentive life and aware life. But when you go out there and when you see what I see, dude, you know, there are bad people wanting to do some bad shit. Yeah.
0: That was one of the things that made me hesitant about police work was like, you know, my experience in combat was overseas, you know. So, like, I kind of had the liberty of, like, leaving a lot of it. And then, you know, I knew that if I started to engage in that type of work here, then it would change the way I I see everything here. Granted, of course, naturally doing what we do, we're always looking for those things, anyways. Uh, That was something that I considered uh, as I was getting into things. But what you said about, you know, wanting to stand between good and evil when you see those bad guys, man, I think, you know, with healthy masculinity, like that's like really kind of. That's ingrained in us. You know what I mean? Like to set a standard between uh, the weak, you know, and innocent and those predators, man.
1: Yeah, no doubt. If you don't have that in you, uh, my book, You're Not a Warrior, um, all warrior minded individuals have that, um, that is embedded in their DNA in their soul and their spirit. And uh, this is one of the reasons that I took on, um, you know, law enforcement. My When I first did, came into law enforcement, my entire goal. Mm-hmm. was to work narcotics undercover. Why? Because I felt uh, drugs were, were, were a major cause of violence in this country, and they were killing kids, and it was just that um, drugs are, are, are a big deal as far as uh, bad things happening across the board. Crimes, I would say more than 50% of crimes are due to drugs. Um, so, you know, I was able to, to go out there, I was able to shine on the street, and I was able to, to go out to different task forces and DEA and um, work some, some good cases.
0: That's awesome. What would you say were some harder lessons you learned from the streets and your time out there?
1: Well, I tell you, when I was a young rookie, you know, going out there at two, three o'clock in the morning and kind of rattling my sergeant's coffee as he's sitting there in, you know, in the <laughs> restaurant, having his coffee and then freaking, out. all he hears is me going over the radio, chasing some guy with a gun, you know, uh, uh, 1031 on foot. You know, um, mm-hmm. So I was kind of known for that back then, you know, where I would just, uh, I was so quick to just, you know, very proactive officer. You know, the second that I saw something, it was just boom jump, you know, go, run, chase. Oh, yeah. Um, So, that was a learning curve for me in the sense that I wanted to do that so much. However, Mm -hmm. when I look back and when I see the positions that I put myself in tactically, Mm -hmm. they weren't the greatest. You know, I was out there. I can tell you stories of me being out there at three o'clock in the morning. I worked in one of the most violent cities in the entire country. Um, And um, at that time, um, you know, some of the streets were—I mean, we're talking about just cave holes, man. They, you know, they, you would go into these streets and in, in, in the ghetto, and mm-hmm. you would be chasing these guys. And the next thing you know, you're you're in the middle of nowhere. You don't even know where the hell you are, and you're fighting for your life. He's trying to reach for his gun. You're on top. You're trying to do this and that. I mean, some of these battles were—were were, you know, there were maybe fifteen, twenty seconds, but they appeared—you know—to me, they were like two or three minutes. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so tactically, yeah, man, I put myself in some fucked up positions, you know, with my eager, with my drive.
0: Yeah. So kind of the tunnel vision thing and, uh, you know, learning those lessons that a lot of us with a good engine in us (laughs) end up learning. Yeah. Now 15 years
1: later, you know, now 15 years later when I teach these guys, you know, and they want to do that, I'm like, listen, slow your roll. You know, you got to put yourself in a position of tactical advantage. Never. Never, you know, give that ground up. Um, sure, you want to chase. It's cool, great to take a chase, but make sure you got back up in the air and make sure you know where the fuck you're going. Make sure, uh, by, all, by all means, that you are ready to draw your weapon if you have to. Yeah. You know, it's not just cool enough. I mean, we've seen a lot of cop videos where guys, you know, throw themselves and the next thing, you know, they, they, they tackle the guy. That is a very, very, very small percentage, okay, um, of the realities of what happened out there. A lot of times you'll do that. It doesn't look pretty on camera. You fall flat in your face. Next thing you know, you're on the ground with a guy and a gun standing up on top of you. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, tactically, I think that was my biggest lessons, you know, to, to answer your question, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that I needed to improve my officer survival skills and my tactics you know, from, a, from a young point.
0: Yeah, so like kind of experience refined your ability to make higher quality decisions that would increase your survivability, essentially?
1: One uh, hundred Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: yeah. funny. I think, I mean, we all learn these lessons in different areas of our lives. That, you know, that's the process. Uh, no, that's good to go. And what martial art, what's your martial arts background, I feel?
1: Uh, my, my background, I first started in, in uh, Chinese Kung Fu, Hungar. And then Mm -hmm. I went into Aikido. I studied that for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then I jumped into Japanese Jiu-Jitsu and then Judo, actually, which is also one of my bases. So it's a mixture of Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, Aikido,
0: and Judo. That's what's up. So fighting. (laughs) Like
1: a lifetime of
0: studying fighting, essentially.
1: We're mostly a throwing art. You know, we're we're, we're not, uh, say, uh, ground-based, but we're mostly a, a, a throwing art. Uh, we try to exterminate the fight as soon as possible. Um, um, and, you know, that's what we teach here, man. mindset and make sure you get your people off balance, get them down on the ground and finish them.
0: Outstanding. Yeah. Don't fight end the fight. Um, what would you say is your proudest moment out in the field?
1: You know, there, there's a couple of them. I could tell yeah. you um, going out there and uh, speaking in front of a police academy uh, class when he graduated, that was very important to me. Um, I was able to disseminate a very strong message to them. And I had a lot of them walk up to me after class and say that it was a very inspirational speech going forward. They they were going to carry that. Um, That was one of my proudest moments on the field. Also, you know, making, you know, different, different units, for example, um, getting selected uh, Mm -hmm. to be a a SWAT officer, you know, after the the tryouts, that was a a highlight in my career, no doubt. Um, Being, um, being put in a special assignments like uh being assigned to the DEA and and uh but if you're gonna ask me really what stood out in my career. I worked a year undercover in the VA hospital, hmm. uh the Veterans Affairs Hospital Medical wow. Center. Okay. Uh I did a major case there. Um it went international across the you know from you can see it on YouTube and everything. And that was my case and uh um I worked along a side OIG on that and that was a very proud moment. A lot of work man after we made be a roundup of 28 arrests. We seized a bunch of different pills and money. And that was, that was a, for me, that was a very proud moment, all the hard work that uh, paid off.
0: Wow. That's awesome. I mean, just knowing that you're contributing and doing that, that much good. That's one thing that I've really, I don't know, something that's always intrigued me about law enforcement is like, you know, knowing that you're doing good, knowing that you're making a difference. You know what I mean? Um, I would hope that that's something, it seems like something that's more easily achievable, you know, on possibly a wider spectrum. You know, when I'm protecting, I know that I'm keeping the environment safe. I'm keeping a client safe, you know. Um, but in law enforcement, it, it seems like it really is a good platform to do, do a lot of good for a lot of people. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I tell people, you know, even though it's protect and serve from the protect aspect, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you, it, it's, you know, we do the best we can. I mean, But yeah. the reality is that um, unless you're working in detail and you're working that type of security... You know, we're, we're almost responsive by nature, you know, mm-hmm. especially in the pat- in patrol, you know, yeah. you're, you're responsive. I mean, by the time you get to a call, mm-hmm. you know, time elapses, and you might not be able to protect at that right. time. At that point, yeah. it's more reactionary, more chasing the bad guy, more, uh, um, you know, taking care of the crime scene. So, mm-hmm. you know, while yes, we patrol and protect the community, um, that Protect is not exactly what what you do. For example, you know, you're mm-hmm. you're literally you can become a hard target, soft target. You know, yeah. you, you blend into that environment depending on what you're doing. You're literally there to protect your principal. here in law enforcement from a patrol's perspective, um, from a street perspective. Uh, we're usually responsive, and that mm-hmm. that protection mm-hmm. it's, it's a word that it, it sounds great, but it's not real. It's not. It's not. It's not reality.
0: Yeah. You're stumbling on something that I always want to get across to people. You know, personal protection is, I believe, it's an individual responsibility. What would you say about that? I mean, the police are there if you're fortunate, but really they're there after everything happens. That first two, three, four, five minutes, uh, I believe that's the responsibility of the individual. I think that needs to be taken a little bit more seriously. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, personal protection is key. I mean, that is, um, don't rely on police officers to protect you or your family. It's not that's not going to roll like that. I'm telling you straight up, it's not going to roll. So, um, you need to take charge. You need to go out there. You need to inform yourself, and then you got to hone your skill set. It's not just good enough to go out there and watch some videos. You got to go out there, perform, take action, and then start Mm -hmm. learning to defend yourself. Whether whether it is taking an armed course, whether it is taking martial arts, self-defense courses, whatever, uh, different protection courses out there. Look, the bottom line is that you need to learn how to protect yourself and your family. There's a big difference. And mm-hmm. this is one of the, uh, when I used to teach going back different levels of protection, um, mm-hmm. there's a big difference between you protecting yourself and then you protecting someone else. Two completely different facets, right? Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, you know you protecting yourself you know they the game is different when now you add on another person or another person three four people and then you add a larger crowd yeah. the dynamics change from point a to point z
0: entirely yeah i mean there's got to be enough of you to go around and do the, do the whole deed it, I, I think it requires a higher level of skill really and oh, yeah. you have to be able to influence the dynamic on so many different levels you know the more you have to protect um yeah, that's a good that's a good nugget. I, I haven't I hadn't really articulated thought that that through, you know, that way. Um, would you have any advice to guys that are listening that are considering law enforcement a career?
1: Law enforcement is very different now than it was ten, even seven or eight years ago. All right. I'm mm-hmm. certainly not not like it was 15 years ago. Everything is body camera. I would say ninety percent of the departments out there now are, are have some type of video recording or, or body cameras. Audio. Um, the, yeah, somehow some way there there is still um, your word no longer is in this country. Um, it is no longer does it doesn't have the power without video or audio uh, mm-hmm. to back it up. Um, so understand that if you do want to get into law enforcement, while it is a great career, there's a lot of positive things. Um, it is not the end of the rainbow. It is not something that you can, you, you have to have a different mindset going into law enforcement. It's not just going out there, going after the bad guy. Um, you have to know how to carry yourself in front of people. You have to know how to um, articulate a lot on reports. It's, you know, law enforcement now is very report intensive. Hmm. Um, you have to uh, it, it's almost to the point now where you're going out there in the public and representing yourself the agency and it has to be done the way that the agency wants you to do it hmm. you are no longer looked as that as that type of individual that's really going out there and and, and, and taking bad guys to jail yeah you're your expected
0: good guy to do, guy cards gone
1: you're expected to be a psychologist you're expected to the same hat you got you got to be a psychologist for example just to give you a, a quick yeah, you know, and, and, and one day you could be a psychologist, mm-hmm. you could be helping someone cross the road, uh, you know, a blind person cross the road because they're they for whatever reason they're they're out there walking and they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're responding to shots fired calls, you're fighting with a guy behind the bushes with a gun, <laughs> uh, you are uh, responding to alarms, you are responding to domestic battery, you're responding to you know a, a deadly car accident. Um, You're responding to a naked dude running around the street and drugs, you know, hopped up and drugs. All that can be in one day, you know, and and, and
0: it's. That's a slow Tuesday in law enforcement.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) arm robbery, you know, strong arm robbery, bank robbery, you know, so uh, car chase. So there's a lot of of, of that, but Mm. the reality is that law enforcement, and this is what I tell my, police academies classes is 99% of pure boredom, 1% of sheer terror. Okay, You can flip your hat from going, being, doing nothing, just chilling out, having lunch. You can flip your hat and all of a sudden you are chasing a guy with a gun that just shot his wife. Okay. From zero to 100, you know, and you have your ebbs and flows throughout, throughout your day. That's just the way it goes. If you're not capable of, of handling that, mm-hmm. you're probably going to wash out pretty quick.
0: So you've got to be able to switch gears like that. Like you've got to be like drop your Chick-fil-A and get it on when it's time to get it on kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's especially on some you know violent calls, violent calls yeah. or some type of, um, uh, you know, priority call like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the thing is, as police officers, we shifted to a more saving lives approach. Right? Mm-hmm. It's more reactionary type policing. The mm-hmm. proactive part of it has died off, and since the second that um, the video cameras came on, yeah. okay, the proactive part has has pretty much gone. And why? Now, no bullshit aside, and I, and I'll tell everybody. Look straight up. Because as a proactive officer, you got to go out there, and it people- may not look very pretty every time. Yeah, But you got to do what you know. You got to go out there, and you have to, you know, be proactive. You know, be in people's shit. You know, ask yeah. questions. You know, and when you start breaking that nowadays with the laws and and, and this and that,
0: you know, and it, the PC it's and the political correctness and
1: yeah. Yeah. That's not going to roll very nicely. And agencies don't want that. I mean, they don't want to be part of that. They just want you to go out there, patrol your neighborhood, get to know your business owners and Mm -hmm. respond to high priority calls um, the best you can.
0: So that's the game. Okay. No, I dig it. I think too, I mean, it's it's a lot like what we do, man. I mean, in in the protection game, it's like, what's a little bit like, you know, we both know complacency kills, you know what I'm saying? And in our world, you know how it is. Like, it's like, dude, nothing might happen really ever, but you have got to not let complacency get you because that one day when you're like, eh, let's just kick it in the back, man. Like no one's rushed the stage or we've done this a million times. That could be the day, you know? there's a lot to be said for like fighting the attrition of like allowing yourself to just give into that ease. You know, like I honestly, like people talk about PTSD and hypervigilance and blah, blah, blah. Yo, I'm glad Iraq uh, got me to where I'm like sped up and I'm paying attention all the time. Cause I know something, bad things happen. You know what I mean? Like those IEDs that got me and the, all the stuff that I dealt with, I believe it put me in a headspace where like, I'm just not letting my guard down, you know, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm kind, but you know, I'm with General Mattis yeah. on it, <laughs> you know?
1: It t- totally. And and I agree, man. And look, when you start looking at it from from, from all different angles, you're saying, you know what, it is a, a good, the way that you have to look at it is from a good attacker, a good bad guy yeah. that that will structure things, especially from from, from your walk of life. Mm. he's going to do his best to try to get you on that downtime, right? On that, what we call that inhalation. All right. Mm. Uh, It's that pause, that momentary pause when you're inhaling in combat, that is the most, that's the weakest fucking point of combat, right? When you're Mm. inhaling because you're defenseless right? You're the, you're the strongest when you're when you're breathing out, right? When you're driving, when you're focused, that's when your focus is. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, you know, we talk about that all the time. You know, when I used to teach the EP classes, same thing, you know, hey, look, man, when you have that inhalation, when that bubble becomes soft and you're inhaling you're, and your mm-hmm. stomach becomes that little round knot, okay, that's when you're going to be pierced. That's when they're going to pierce oh. the fucking veil. Yep. A good man, a good guy that knows his shit, okay. We'll attack you when you're at your weakest. Yeah. You know, Murphy's law also is right around
0: the corner. Murphy got the baseball bat, man. <laughs> I was, yeah. Yo, Murphy doesn't yeah. play. Yeah, no. And that's the game. It's like, it's a psychological game. And I think a lot of things are won and lost in that psychological realm far before they happen. And, um, you know, finding work and thinking, you know, what's next, where are we going, where are we vulnerable the whole time? It's, it's interesting that I'm digging those parallels. Um, how would you say, switching gears a little bit into uh, probably the deeper things, more interesting stuff to you, <laughs> the uh martial arts, man, how would you say the mar- your study of martial arts has influenced your life?
1: From a perspective of spirituality, from a perspective of mindset, from a mm-hmm. perspective of honing the skill set, um, it has been invaluable completely. Okay. I mean, it has been... the. Uh, See, the problem here is this in, in, in our society nowadays, and it goes pretty much across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, the big schools out there now are just MMA related, right? Everything is MMA this, MMA that, Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Ta- ta- A lot of the older school martial arts like I teach, even though they're, they're applicable, very, very applicable, problem is this when we train here, we train with one focus only. And that focus is life for death. Hmm. Okay. When you start looking around that 95% of the schools out there, their focus is competing and winning. Okay. Okay. Competition is great. I have hmm. nothing wrong with competition. There's nothing wrong. As a matter of fact, I, I, I like to put, put, push my students to compete and to challenge and to go against one another. That's all great and dandy, but you have to understand that there's a huge difference between, as far as martial arts goes, mm-hmm. that when you're out there, and, and, I, and I say this for a lot of the, the the BJJ guys and some of the even some of the judo guys, where they're sitting on their back for fucking twenty minutes trying to uh, you know subdue someone. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the code is, you know, let them make a wrong move. So, you're kind of leading them into another movement and then you're choking them out, armbar, whatever. Don't get me wrong. In judo, mewaza, which is the groundwork, is Mm -hmm. very, very much, I mean, I I train that. We train very heavily on the ground as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. However, when we start looking at aspects of specific arts for the street, combat arts for the street. Right. You have to be careful how you train, man. You got to be careful because um, MMA is not self-protection, okay? Mm -hmm. It can get you fucking fit. It can get you hitting hard. It can Mm -hmm. get you responding and being really good. Mm -hmm. But I have been part of MMA fighters getting their ass kicked with a freaking uh, crackhead you know, breaking a bottle and fucking slashing one dude and the guys on the ground have no idea what the fuck hit them. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. When you see these videos out there of the BJJ guys on the ground and they raffle and they do this and they, okay, listen, all great and dandy. That's fucking, that's all fucking. But out out of those videos, I'll guarantee you, I could fucking film three or four times where being on the ground and a fucking concrete floor, when you have five guys pounding your head and it's not where you want to be. You want to be. So, You know, yeah, train way. on the ground, train standing up, train your strikes, train your throws, try to balance yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. not one way. There is no such thing as one martial art. The other day I had uh, uh, Michael Johnson, UFC hmm. fighter, number, you know, number 18 in the world um, hmm. uh, on the podcast. And I said, listen, where has the, you know, MMA gone today? And he's like, well, it used to be the ground game, but now guys are going back to spinning kicks and, 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 and strikes and things like that. Because Why? Because the ground game now has become a part of it, but it's not – now people have learned how to outmaneuver that ground game. And when mm-hmm. the, J, the the Graces came on board, it was very fresh for 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. But now the trend is going back into strikes, which I believe striking, throwing, has to be part of your arsenal too.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. Create distance, show stoppers. I mean – um yeah i would have uh, i would absolutely agree
1: and let me tell you something one, one more thing Byron. and Break i know that down. a lot of people are gonna go are, are, are gonna go and say oh no bullshit against listen i've been studying and, and reading and uh, methodically fucking trying to all this bullshit about all fights go to the ground and shit let me tell you something that's a bunch of shit most fights do not go to the ground most fights go to the ground eventually Sweet right? Eventually, because somebody trips, falls, they get tired, they fall to the ground. But the reality is that fights, they can last 20, 30 seconds standing up and you're fucking struggling. So you're, 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 your stand-up game needs to be, and, and, uh, um, and, and I've seen this many, many times where people say, hey, you know, all fights go to the ground. Yeah, but those fucking 30 seconds that you're out there and you're 40 seconds, you can terminate that fight before it hits the ground if you're skill set, your striking skill set, your throwing is good, Uh, your timing, your distance, okay, your off-balancing of your opponent. So, you got to be very careful because a lot of police officers are trending to, and even in my own department, I say this, okay, everything Mm -hmm. is ground, 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 defend yourself on the ground, 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 which is great. You need some of that practice for Mm -hmm. sure. But what about the striking? What about the throwing? What about the controlling? Yeah people are throwing that away and it's important to keep that there because you've got to be balanced.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. I'm not a big martial artist. I need to up my hand to hand game. Uh, I've been doing heavy weapons stuff. And so this year I'm getting, I'm definitely going to start getting into that a lot more. Um, But just from the outside, looking in and based on my experience, I just don't want to be on, I don't want, I, you, I feel like when it comes to the ground, you need to know how to do it, how to survive and how to win if you're there. But I feel like in a hand-to-hand engagement, you don't want to be there if you can avoid it. And so understanding, you know, your stand up game and how to not end up on the ground, I think is, is, is gotta be integral. And I've never, I've, I haven't been on the ground yet and all of this stuff I've gotten into. Um, and it's kind of been the goal not to be, um, so, I feel like it's something if you need it, if you need it, you need to know how to do it. But if you cannot have to need it, you're in a good spot. So, it's all about being well rounded, you know? Um, Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Man. And, and, and kind of what I'm getting at too is like, I feel like with my physical disciplines in training my physical body, I'm unlocking something within my, my, my mind, will, and emotions in my soul. I'm unlocking something in my spirit that's driving me through my day. I'm unlocking chemicals and endorphins in my body and I'm unlocking like a, a type of uh, intelligence. You know, I'm finding myself, I'm understanding myself. You know, I'm, I'm learning who I am but I'm building who I wanna be. You know, I'm, I'm unlocking a type of emotional resilience of hey, I'm under this weight, I'm pushing this hard but I'm pushing through it and, I'm, and, I'm, and it's turning out, it's always been a staple to where I think I've gotten a lot of strength and I think a lot of men, women, people listening really need to maybe take a second look and think like maybe the gym or the dojo or the mats aren't just really about being vain or physical, but there's a lot more to learn there. You know, what would you say about that?
1: Oh man, that's yeah. I mean, to me going to, to the gym working out or training at the the dojo Uh, It's way more than just the physical aspect. It's all about developing that internal fortitude, developing what we call that machine, that state of mind, right? Uh, Being present. Uh, When I have my students come in to train, the first thing that I tell them is whatever day you had out there, you need to leave that out there. When you step into this dojo and you tie your belt and you step on this mat, Okay, it's all about mindset, respect. It's about integrity, honor. It's about giving it 110 percent when you're on this mat. There Mm -hmm. is no such thing as quitting. You Mm -hmm. must overcome any challenges. And there are days where we train very, very hard Mm -hmm. and some people want to fucking quit. But I Mm -hmm. say, listen, if you got to throw up, go to the bathroom, throw up, come back on the mat. We're going to continue.
0: Yeah. And then that translates into the rest of the day, into life, you know, and 100 percent. When it's inside your body, it's inside your biochemistry. Like before you even went out into the day or or on a regular basis, you're visiting this most primal aspect of yourself and teaching it, you know, how to persevere and work through and inoculating yourself to pain. I feel like we're just able to live better lives as a result of those disciplines.
1: 100%. It, it cleans you, Byron. But you know what yeah. it does? It really gives you that cleansing, man. It, mm-hmm. It's kind of, if you clean yourself out you know, three, four times a week. Um, it just, it, it's a whole different way. And, you know, with that said, I also add, and a lot of people look down on this, but I'm, I'm a big believer in meditation. I'm mm-hmm. a big believer about having that state of clarity of mind. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, um, you know, I believe that you should meditate and, and, and clean your mind at least five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to sit in a lotus position with a Buddha with incense, okay? okay. But you can take a spot anywhere in a corner. And just breathe, you know, breathe in and out and just have absolutely zero thoughts, even though it's hard to do at the beginning, but try to just cleanse with that breath control and just it will doing five minutes a day will change your life after a month. Really? I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. When I studied martial arts, okay, I was in the on my quest was searching for the warrior's mind. Mm,
0: this is good stuff.
1: I trained directly Zen Buddhism, right? I I trained Zen Buddhism directly under the first American um, Buddhist monk. And his name was Philip Kaplow. And there's still many books that he has written. Um, When I walked into that Zendo, that that area where people sit and meditate, for me, I got to a level where I was very close to being ordained. Um, But Mm -hmm. because I am a Christian, that was kind of like interlocking with some of my beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took, from that, the Sazen aspect, right? The technical and the philosophy of sitting, breathing, understanding the concept of what a koan is, which is like riddles uh, that, you know, mm-hmm. that, you, um, that you have to kind of, you know, the word is enlightening. Uh, you mm-hmm. have to get enlightened. It's kind of deep. It takes a long time to explain. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I have taken that Zen mindset, right? And in, integrated it into everything that I do you know meditation for me i do 10 or 15 day uh, 15 hour excuse me 10 or 15 minutes per day um i could tell you that i have been to sessions, for example where you're 5 days in the middle of nowhere there's no talking there's no communicating all yeah. there is is meditating 2 3 hours a day and doing communal du- duties such as gardening sweeping eating together as a as a crew um, no talking just cooking, doing things with absolutely zero talking and meditation. When I walk out of this, when I walk out of these events, Mm -hmm. or what you call a retreats would be a better word for them. There is nothing in my life that I've ever experienced more clearly than the experience of walking into the regular world um, after doing one of these sessions. You can smell the air. You can see the color green on the leaves. You can feel your feet when you walk. You can feel your heartbeat. You can, you can see a dog from a mile away. You can God. see just birds. Everything is so fucking clear. Hmm. So clear. And if we can just attain even a portion of that clarity of mind in our daily life, dude, you're going to be performing at an optimal level day in and day out.
0: Man, you know, my man, Elijah Shaw was talking about this and he's at the top of our executive protection game too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you said you take that Zen mindset and put it into everything, what is the Zen mindset? Are you able to break that down a little bit?
1: The Zen mindset basically is to, it's clarity of vision, right? Okay. Meaning that it's almost like understanding that, um, you are the center of that hurricane, right? You are the eye of that hurricane. Everything that's around you is doing this, right? Spinning in fucking circle, but you are yeah. that center. You are fucking a rock. You don't move, you don't get caught up on the whirlwinds, right? You are a rock. When things are moving so fast around you, you are, you can, uh, you know, uh, you can move into firearms. For for example, when I'm teaching firearms, I have people move left and right, corners, dips, angles, but you are still moving forward and you are understanding who you are, what you're doing there. And you have that clarity of vision, seeing, okay, this is me. All that other shit around me is happening and I am aware of it, being completely aware of it. But if you are aware of yourself mm-hmm. in relationship to what's happening out there, yeah. dude, you, you're dominating who you are right there. You're dominating right. the circumstances. You're mm-hmm. taking that fight to the opponent every single time, awesome. right? So if you can, and there is no such thing as a retreat, that that Zen mindset gets connected with the domination mindset. The domination mindset and Zen mindset, I teach it, go together, right? Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as defending Even if you're being attacked, you are never in a defensive position. You are constantly in a offensive. So say somebody were to attack you right now. If you move and you position yourself in an angle, immediately off that angle, you turn the tables and you start attacking back. And if you are able to start visualizing that and moving your body and moving your mind to that, you're constantly going to be in the attack. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I'm not a believer in retreating, finding a cover to retreat. I rather much more move forward into the attacker, gain your ground. Don't give that ground up and mm-hmm. continue angling until you take that attacker out. And yeah. this is part of that Zen mindset. Also knowing that shit around you is moving, but not being so consumed by it and knowing where your position is. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. teaching in the police academy, teaching a bunch of thousands and thousands of people I've, I've, I military mm-hmm. contracts overseas that I've traveled and especially in Peru. The second that shit starts going around and you start seeing people move left, move right, and, and you lose sight of where you're at. You lose sight of mm-hmm. what you're doing. You lose sight of your weapon or you lose sight of your center. You get involved in all that. Yeah. And it happens 99% of the time. So it's those few men that could get in uh, position themselves in a way that they can activate that Zen mind, right? Mm -hmm. And be able to slow everything down, calm down, and act, fucking Mm -hmm. act the right way.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So it's essentially being grounded in who you are, what you bring to the fight, not being moved by external factors, but also being able to perceive what needs to be done accurately and then making the necessary attacks and movements towards that.
1: Right, and in the EP world, basically, you think of this: you're guarding a principal, you're in a position, right? You know, a lot of hot, you know, especially if you're if you're if you're out there and you're a hard target in your position. Like looking ahead and anticipating, right? Mm-hmm. Anticipating what can go wrong. Even though you've gone out there and you, you know, you went out there the day before, you did an advance two days before, you mm-hmm. talked to everybody, you cleaned house, you, you spoke to everyone, and everything is good. You got your you know, your your alpha route, you have your, your Bravo route, you have mm-hmm. your third, you know, your 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 Charlie route, where the reality is that if you can anticipate a movement and if you can anticipate something that's going to happen. Let me tell you how that happens. You that Zen mind. You are so clear of everything around you that you don't miss a beat. You know if that leaf is blowing to the left, it hasn't been blowing to the left all day long or all week long. When you did your advances here, there is something wrong there. Wow! All right, so it's it, it's those minute details that really make what I believe a fucking solid ass protection agent.
0: Yeah. So it's 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 kind of getting and it's it's you're getting. I mean, you're clear enough to have, I don't know how else to explain it, but it's a very hyper, uh, hyper aware, hyper conscious sense of your environment. Like, cause there, I mean, even in Iraq and, and also in this job, there are just those times when you're like, something's about to happen. Um, and being able to be in that state where, you know, by the grace of God and the way things worked out, I was able to be like, yo something's not right. Something's about to happen and get in the right spot. But like that mindset, that, that Zen mindset is being able to stay in that state, uh, and bring it to everything you're doing. So now I,
1: like, I will say this, I, I, I will say this also about that Zen mindset is, um, it, it doesn't just come overnight. You got to be seasoned. Um, you have it. to have had experiences. Um, you have to really, um, um, it's it, it, you know i believe that with meditation it really hones it to a, mm-hmm. to a different level but you really got to go out there and you have to put yourself in positions where you are um, you are tested and you are obviously even even more than tested that you have to anticipate in positions where where okay say that guy you see somebody down the road for example just just mm-hmm. hypothetically you know that guy is crossing the street at a very slow pace? Why is he doing that? Okay, questions like that. Why is he crossing the road in such a slow pace? He's a young guy. Doesn't really have to. Is he? T- why is he angling towards us now? Why is he angling towards the vehicle now? Mm. Those little tidbits, and and I got I got myself in a position years and years ago. Exactly that scenario it was a guy crossing the street, turned towards us. The next thing you know, he had a knife on him, and my principal was three deep luckily we were able to just to push him in the truck and, and go but mm-hmm. um, had we not caught that we would have been way far we would have been involved in that attack yeah instead of like boom disappearing
0: instead of left of bang <laughs> yeah right that's right that's that good yeah. stuff man yeah um, that's awesome okay and and that is that is not the first time that meditation and things like that have come up on this podcast. With regards to being a better warrior, being a better protector, you know, uh, I think there's a lot to be said for how what we do has so many different levels, much deeper than just the physical that drive us to be able to perform in the physical. You know, uh, how would you define a modern warrior?
1: A modern day warrior, to me, first of all, is a man that lives. Okay, um, and I say man because that is our mission here. Okay, is we focus on on men. Okay, so this is just you can add an individual there. Okay, a man by that an lives. Exempt, Okay, by an exemplary of conduct, a man that goes out there and it's constantly giving him of himself without expecting anything in return. A man that is constantly refining his body, mind, and spirit right? A man that more importantly, all right, is giving of himself. Yes. To me, a warrior is not a warrior without a, without giving. Service. All right. But at the same time, I believe that as a warrior, you have to be compassionate. You mm-hmm. have to have the tenacity to carry through in life. And by all means, you have to have honor in everything that you do.
0: Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I I mean, I find it interesting that, you know, with the samurais and a number of different ancient uh, warrior codes, service was the was always the point. The words, a lot of the words mean service or servant or, you know, uh, and I think a lot of guys have an idea about masculinity and about warriors and tough guy stuff, macho stuff that I think really misses the whole entire point that I I think we're strong to serve. Like, you know, that seems to be the game to me. It seems to be the most gratifying and most healthiest and most beautifulest and most uh, validating thing we can do.
1: And when you look at the MRI, you know, they, they, they serve their emperor. When you look at the Knights Templar, they serve their king. When yeah. you look even at Vikings and you look at the other, the Celtic tradition, um, you, you go back and you say, you know, they, they're constantly serving someone, serving a higher purpose, a higher cause, you mm-hmm. know. I'm sorry, but you can't call yourself a warrior if you are not serving that higher cause. It's just not, yeah. not, not possible.
0: Yeah. And to be capable, you know, of a lot. But submitting to a higher cause that you can believe in. And and yeah.
1: one of the one of the most important things Byron is look, hey, you are the, the way that I relate it to some of my students is look, you have your samurai blade tucked into your sheath, right? And the idea is that you don't have to draw that blade. You can freaking take your scabbard and freaking you know,
0: yeah.
1: and hit somebody over the head with your scabbard, right? But when you draw that blade, you're taking off the head, right? It is right. that with that edge. You're literally taking off ahead because that is, you can turn, you can be compassionate. You can be, uh, obviously have tremendous amount of mercy, but when it's time to press that button, you want to, you want to be able to go. You want to be able to be able to, to take a life if you have to and mm-hmm. do what you need to do to protect.
0: Uh, 100%. 100% and save a life if you have to. And, That's right. you know, put Humpty Dumpty back together again uh, after, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. eliminated the threat, yeah. then maybe you have to save his life. You know, it's That's- it's being able to switch those gears, man, uh, and do what needs to be done. That's good stuff. How would you define a coward?
1: Starting off a coward, first of all, someone that does not keep their word right off the bat. All right. The second thing is a person that doesn't take action where the shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? That basically is a non-actionable individual, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Someone that is fearful of doing anything. Forget about just doing the right thing or the wrong thing, just fearful of doing anything at all. Someone that's undecisive, someone that is second-guessing themselves in order uh, to make themselves look better, right? Mm -hmm. So, for me, a coward, you know, there's a lot of different things that I can say about a coward and I will say this to add to that. We have many cowards in our society, unfortunately. And you see that day in and day out across the board, across all uh, um, media, social media. Um, You go out there and and just meet people, and you start seeing what kind of um, individuals um, are out there. And you're just like, man, wow. I mean, I'm I'm going to tell you straight up, and and I don't. And you know, I don't cut shit. Okay, I'm very black and white. Right. And I'm I'm, know that I've cussed in your podcast a few times, so I apologize. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Um, uh, but, um, we are interviewing for this crucible, all right. We have 15 mm-hmm. men. Um, uh, we've, we've interviewed 125 men in total and we've okay. chosen 15 yeah. and I could tell you, um, comfortably that 25% to 30% of the people that have come through the interview are cowards in my book.
0: Man, that's hard. That's tough. Yeah. Okay
1: um you know so um when you look at that and 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 they know who they are and if they ever listen to this podcast they know who yeah. they are and you could change that though you could change yeah. that. you could stop being a fucking coward and step up right do the right thing be honorable right have that courage embedded in you and make a decision and take action yeah absolutely right? um so I have seen it and then now more than anything, I've experienced it over this whole interview process. That's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like with the coward thing is, you know, it's a lack of honor, someone who doesn't have honor in their code. But you know what I think is most scary? I think a lot of people nowadays are seduced into being cowards without realizing it. Uh, because society, the values of our society are are kind of cowardly, you know. I feel like personally you know, in this life for me, at least now I'm kind of a, a, an interesting breed in that uh, I'm hungry, you know, but I feel like it's either victory or capture in this thing. And I feel like, you know, I'm with that, that quote, you know, cowards taste death many times, the valiant uh, taste death, but once, you know, that little Shakespeare, Julius Caesar deal. But I, I feel like a lot of people are not unlocking their potential because they've been seduced into believing that not trying to, be the best they can be at least once in life is acceptable. And I think that everyone's path is different, but that for whatever reason, I I think that that there's something to be said about maybe you're not realizing that by not going after your best, you know, it's a fear driven lifestyle, which is by definition, somewhat cowardly.
1: That's a good, good way to put it. Good way.
0: It's a hard teaching. <laughs>
1: it, it, it is, you know, and like, like, I think, you know, I agree with you in the sense that our, our society opens the door for, for cowardice, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that it needs to be closed. I think there, there, there needs to be accountability mm. uh, for that, you know, and if there's no accountability for being a coward, then reality, what else, you know, what else is there no accountability for? Yeah. And the thing is, look, in reality, think about that for a second. I mean, everything moves at hundred miles an hour. You can be a coward here. And then the next thing, you know, and people will forget, you'll be a coward there. People forget, but you know, who's always going to remember you.
0: Yeah, You'll
1: always remember what a coward you were.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's tormentuous. That is, that is yeah. that that's the stuff. Because the things that you gain for yourself in the gym, in life, no one can take away from you. You can have haters, you can have all this stuff people Mm -hmm. talk about, like haters are so irrelevant. If you're working on yourself, like, like you don't even have time to even get upset because they weren't there when you earned who you were. And so their opinions are irrelevant. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, um, the things that'll like the things that'll taunt you and and haunt you are the things, the times when, you know, you back down and you failed. Uh, Yep, and and you can't let that become a cycle. And the good thing, like you said, you know, being a coward isn't like a life sentence. You know what I mean? Like, I have times in my life where I backed down and I failed. And those moments drive me now. You know, I, I'm not going to let that happen. Fortunately, I have when I was little. <laughs> and now it's like... You know, there's a little fat kid version of me in my head chasing me. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's a little like, like broke, like bad decisions making. I have to apologize to people for things I did version of me uh, un. you know, and I I keep a little of that shame with me. You know what I mean? Because I'm trying to be a realist and and not do those things. As long as
1: you're trying to better, as long as you're trying to better yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, day in and day out. And you know that you can be today better than you were yesterday. And if you weren't, fuck, then tomorrow you're going to be better. You know, you just Mm got to have a positive mental attitude. Mental toughness goes a long way. But, you know, overall, you just got to be a person that does not let the present moment dictate who they're going to be tomorrow.
0: Yeah, that's the truth. And you can look in the accountability mirror, say, this is who I am. You know, I don't got my six pack yet or whatever your goal is. Accept it and work from that point to the next point. And I think that's warrior stuff, you know, just cause you feel you're, you're not your result. You're not, uh, the sum total of your mistakes. You're who you're choosing to be and working towards as a human yeah. being, you know? Absolutely. Um, how would you suggest men or anyone who wants to be in, you know, be a modern day warrior? Where would you say that the, the battle starts? You know, if they're like, you know what? I need to up my game. What kinds of things can help them start to get on that path?
1: First of all, discipline all right you, you discipline I mean you there you don't have to look anywhere else but discipline you got to start implant uh, implementing discipline into your life a little bit at a time wake up earlier set your alarm clock 30 minutes earlier go out there instead of waiting till you get home and then when you're dragging ass to work out work out early in the morning make it a point go out there get get information get involved surround yourself with other people that are at a higher level than you not people that are at a lower level than you. You want to surround yourself with people at a higher level, right? Mm-hmm. You, want to have, you want to have people around you that will hold you accountable for fucking up, but yet people around you that will boost you up when you need to be boosted, right? Yeah. Um, you want to be able to win these small little daily battles. That is how you start developing your warrior mindset, okay? Mm-hmm. It's, overcoming these daily battles. It's winning little things at a time. If you lose two battles, try to win three. Be, be victorious in three. Mm-hmm. Okay, figure things out. You know, the world is, it's an oyster. There's so much information out there. Yeah. You can go out there and grab tremendous. However, I urge you, if you are in that warrior development, this is exactly what we, we are in a very tight niche here. We talk about warrior development. Get the right information. Get good information. Mm -hmm. Um, there's too much jazzy dazzy information out there from people that call themselves warriors that call themselves this but really have zero experience and really what they're saying is anti-conducive to warrior development
0: yeah yeah because you can like sell anything nowadays like you get some good cool pictures Mm -hmm. and it's just skin deep it's like uh so superficial so many things
1: And I may add to that, Byron, it doesn't matter if you're a Navy SEAL, Green Beret, SWAT Mm -hmm. cop, or whatever. While your job was warrior, you were part of a warriorhood. And while your mentality at that time was Mm -hmm. uh, definitely had to be a type of of a warrior mentality, does not mean that you have automatically that warrior mindset still today, and you can teach it. Mm -hmm. And you could disseminate it the right way so be very very careful i say that to to, to everyone okay Mm -hmm. be very careful who you're learning from um and just get get gather good information man
0: yeah there's a lot to be said for that especially in our industry because a lot of guys come into the protection game after a former career and uh there's a lot of rested on your laurels and Mm -hmm. coattails it makes to be the super secret magic ninja squirrel jedi and you know so i can do this and it's like bro, let's just go, you know, let's go to hit up a shooting competition. Let's go hit up the mats. Let's just do like a PFT. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, can you still do it? I, I respect mm-hmm. where you come from, but I also respect the reality that me and you might face today if, you know, we have to cash that blank check that we, that we write every time we lace these shoes up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. You know, I also go, I also live by another motto. It's called, what have you done for me lately? Uh oh. Which means, you know what? I mean, great that 20 years ago you were some kick-ass special forces soldier, okay? But what have you done today? Are you ready for action today? Do you carry Uh that mindset today, right? Uh Because, you know, going back to your laurels and and I see this all the time everywhere, okay? And I got a tremendous issue with that. It's the lack of self-betterment, the lack of self-progression because people are still sitting back on what they did 15, 20, 25 years ago. Dude, it's time to move and progress. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And if you find yourself talking about what you've done a lot, you're exactly the person we're talking to. Yes, (laughs) and I agree. there's no shame in recognizing it. You just got to do something about it. If you're telling, because you know what? No one cares, really. Like they care, they're honored, they respect it, but like they're tired of hearing about it and they want you to do better now as well. Damn your, wife's skimpy, tired, yeah. your wife's tired of hearing about it. Your kids yeah, are probably tired of hearing about it. You know yeah, yeah. I get it, but we got to get and So out.
1: you see some guys, I mean, really, you see some guys that have come out of the special forces, right? Yeah. And for the most part, or, or, you know, SEALs or, or, or SWAT cops or, well, you know, whatever they, you know, FBI agents. And, and it's like, some guys have turned to entrepreneurs. They're doing the right thing. They're, Killing. they're doing something really, really powerful, really good. While others are still, going back into you know whatever they did 20 years ago and just just constantly just rehashing that and rehashing that Mm -hmm. dude and then they wonder why they're not successful while the other guys are fucking kicking ass
0: yeah and then they're at the VA hospital complaining and the game now is you've got to leverage the trash that that warrior time in your life gave you now you have to translate those skills and you have to continue living that warrior ethos or you're dead in the water. And it is a slow, painful, dishonorable, ugly death. When you look in that mirror and what I call the atrophy of identity, I talk about this in my book, Find Finding Meaning After the Military, the atrophy of identity starts to happen. And you're looking in the mirror and you're like, I don't even know if people can believe the stories I'm telling them because I've turned into a person that's so far removed from who I was That, like, you know, and this is when you don't have a purpose and people don't find value in things they don't know a purpose for. And then what do you do with something that doesn't have a purpose? You throw it away because it doesn't have value. And now we have a lot of suicide and things like that in this community, in a veteran community, because people haven't found a way to find their new fight. It's dangerous, man. It's got to be done. Agreed. Yeah, man. What would you say? So on your podcast, uh, Man of War, right? Um, right. what would you say because you interview a lot of warriors uh, modern day warriors, successful guys, guys that have been special, special forces, you interview the, the Jedi squirrels that we're talking so the, the really high end guys yeah. what yeah. trends do you see in these guys that are killing the game?
1: What stands out the most is their mentality, you know, okay. is their never quit mentality, it's if I were to break it down it's as simple as saying, you know what doesn't matter how many times I fuck up, it's how many times I get past that and continue doing what I need to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, that is the main thing. Now, when you start breaking it down to different elements that they incorporate into their life and that that I've learned from and and that I've applied to my own lives, uh, Mm -hmm. to my own life, well, I'll tell you, you know, we talk about understanding the concept of taking action. Like, don't get caught flat-footed, constantly Mm -hmm. be moving, right? It's a lot easier to transition and make a quick cut while you're moving, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than just being flat-footed. So, in other words, progress, move. Even though at times you might fall, okay, as long as you're moving, you can roll out of that and keep on going. Yeah. All right. Um, So, I'm I'm big, yeah, I'm big into constant movement. All right. One of the words that I live by and that I teach is called kaizen, right? Mm -hmm. Old Japanese word. Kaizen, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book about that. It's about it's constant improvement, right? Hmm. That's basically what it, Toyota brought that to their main staple back in the 70s and 80s. And that was like their core, right? Yeah. Kaizen, everything was just small daily progression, betterment of yourself. Wow. But more importantly, was hacking away those unessentials, right? Hacking away the shit that didn't work for you, that wasn't any good. All that luggage that you're carrying, throw that shit away, man. Right. So what I've learned from these guys is that efficiency, efficiency, Kaizen aspect, of, right. You move forward, you're lightweight, you can cut corners in motion, you know, be efficient, transparent in your movement. And and mm-hmm. to me, that has, I have implemented it into my life that has made huge, uh, huge impact in, into where I am today. No doubt.
0: Awesome. So Kaizen, proficiency, efficiency, getting rid of the excess, um, and getting after it consistently. Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks every day, you know, type of thing. Damn right. You right? got that right. I love that, man. Hell My yeah. buddy dropped that on, yeah. on on the IG. I was like, that's coming with me. Good stuff, yeah. man. So and then also the other thing I wanted to you know, I mean, because you've interviewed how many episodes was it over a hundred some odd?
1: Um right now we are well we I got 130 135 recordings I've put out 124 something like that yeah
0: Awesome what would you say the trends are in um masculine values and traits that you're seeing in the guys that you're talking with
1: Man from every every, every single guy that I've spoken to I mean mm-hmm. it, it, it's the everyone understands that society and the media for whatever reason you know they want the masculine icon type of individual to be just shredded away. They don't want that. Mm -hmm. Um, They they, they want You know, we talk about toxic masculinity. Yeah, We've had many guys and, you know, that word toxic masculinity to me is so uh, trendy to Mm -hmm. use. It's a a trendy, I'm not, look, the the bottom line is this, men and women were created differently. Okay, women Mm -hmm. are phenomenal. You know, mm-hmm. I have a young girl, I have a, a six-year-old, beautiful, she's my life, she's my soul. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to make her a one badass warrior, okay? Yeah. But um, the reality, when everything, when you put everything together, it's uh, what we're seeing here in masculinity is that women want men to be more masculine, mm-hmm. yet they're not giving them an option to be more masculine. It's almost like women are asking both sides, they're, mm-hmm. they're saying, well... You know, I want you to be this masculine, but wait, wait, I don't want you to be this masculine. And it starts from- I'm
0: dominant, by the way. (laughs) Right, right. So, so,
1: you know, so, so, so what I'm saying is right off the bat is, hey, you know, there has to be a balance. Look, Mm -hmm. and I'm all for women's movement and their their rights and all that. I'm all for that, man. I want women to flourish. Mm -hmm. But understand, women will never be men. Okay. Mm -hmm. Vice versa. Men will never be women. Right. So stop fucking trying to be a man. Okay. Yeah. That basically this is what I'm constantly saying, you know, women, stop trying to be a man, be a woman,
0: be a good woman, right? And, be, and be good at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, of course. And this is, and, and, and there is so much women, they have so many things that men don't have, man. Right. Why, why don't you just flourish that and become amazing,
0: oh, amazing, the amazing. Most amazing I mean, thing to us in the universe.
1: Yes. And, but it, it's almost unfortunately that they want to prove that they can do everything that a man can do, mm-hmm. you know, and then you go back there and you just look and, you know, and, and, and every guy that I have spoken to agrees 100%. Yeah. You know, you talk about, you know, bathrooms that are non-gender bathrooms and mm-hmm. this whatever. Listen, there is no such thing as a fucking non-gender. Either you have a penis or you have a vagina, right. okay? All right. And if you're like that in between thing, which is like zero, 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 point one, yeah. right. Okay. But the reality is, it's one way or another. There's mm-hmm. no two ways about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't have a problem. And I also don't want to come out like a fascist where it's like, you know, I, I don't have or, or racist. I'm not, man. Look, I have friends that are, that are gay, that are and both men and women that are great people. I have no issues with that. And, and even they understand the concept that, that I'm laying down the foundation where the masculinity nowadays, as far as men goes, let men be men, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Let men go back to that warrior ethos, to to, to that driving force that, mm-hmm. that basically they were bred on since the first day of this fucking world, man. That
0: keeps this society safe.
1: <laughs> you know? Like- you know you know, when you tell me, when you tell me, hey, look, you know, a a girl could go and fight in the front lines or whatever. Listen, I don't have an issue with that shit. You know, okay, in the sense that, but don't change what it takes to get there. For, to, to get there, okay. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do okay. That. Don't do that. You're not gonna have a faster woman than a man. It's not gonna happen. You're not gonna have a stronger woman than a man. It's not gonna happen. And no the, matter how many, you know, it's realist, not gonna happen.
0: Until they're in the F, the NBA, the NFL, and they're, they're in our right. league. In sports, because sports is money-driven, you know. You, you, like, like yeah. they don't care about your feelings. They'll send us off to die with a less strong team. But in sports, they won't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, I man, I this is, this is a, a hot button for me. I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that day implies night, light implies dark life implies, you know, everything It has an equal polar opposite that it needs in order for it to be great and be what it was designed to be. You know, I think. that, uh, we're- and,
1: and and I agree with you. Look, I think that one of the, the biggest aspects that we have in our society right now mm-hmm. is the fact that and this is something that, that I'm, and I'm telling you straight up and what I see this from being a police officer mm-hmm. and being someone that that is out there meeting people is the lack of guidance from people that are in a upper level and and a higher echelon of life. For example, rock stars, um, um, you know, people that repent, I guess, or for lack of a better word, the goodness of this world.
0: I just believe that uh, everyone's kind of going after the shiny thing. I think society needs, society works better without uh, masculine accountability in a society that's kind of, you know, driven, And that needs to be kind of ruled. I think that's kind of why we're kind of being subdued um, and why it's the themes of everything is so emasculating. Um, I I do blame men because ultimately I think men are responsible uh, for not standing up. Um, There are definitely some dynamics that, you know, put us at a disadvantage socially to be able to do those things. Um, But at the end of the day, man, I see equal glory, different functions. and there's nothing more amazing than a, a woman operating in her, in her strength. And I think with, I think women should look at men and be like, I could never do that. I could never be that. Thank God for that strong man. I want to be them, And men should look at women and be like, yo, I could never do that. That's amazing. <laughs> and thank God that, that she's doing that. Yeah. You know I mean, um, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's a, uh,
1: it's a matter of being able to, um, yeah, to 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 be honest with yourself, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not look, masculinity is, a, is is definitely a hot topic now. Oh, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they they frown on it and they make it look like, you know, men are just being male chauvinists and all that shit. And I I just, you know, you look at the twenty-something society now, and you know, a lot of them have really, you know, they, they don't have a clue in the sense mm-hmm. that. They don't have that masculinity uh, embedded in their DNA in their system. And mm-hmm. uh, you know we can go back and forth here with a lot of the estrogens and the foods that we eat and things like yeah. that. Um, and it's 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 sad, man. It's really sad for me to to yes. see that. And my goal is to be Byron, is to get that out in the world right now and say, listen, men need to start living by this warrior's ethos. They need to start, you know, moving forward in their life. Um, And, you know, I'm a big believer that if we do that, we're going to be in a better place as a
0: society. 100%. And that requires accountability. And that requires going running towards hardship, being refined, uh, loving and inoculating yourself through pain and discipline and all these higher values that are, are not comfort driven. And I believe aren't feminine. They're organically masculine. And uh, I think we'd all be better off with a little bit of that stuff in our lives, man. So yeah, man. Uh, One last question, Rafa. Sure. Um, Daily habits that you would like to, uh, that you believe make you a better person, better at what you do that you'd like to implement, like let people know about.
1: So for me is, you know, waking up, being grateful for, Basically, you're, you know, to God, I say thank you, God, for giving me the opportunity to put my two feet on ground. And then I look at my family. I'm grateful for, for them. Uh, then what I do is I take time myself in the mornings, you know, whether I do meditation, maybe I'll run to the gym, hone my skill set. I'll improve myself every single day. I push myself, Again. whether it be in the gym, whether it be in um, um, some meditation from a meditation angle, my teaching. I try to always... Uh, better myself as an instructor. I try to better myself as a father, as a husband. I try to improve myself in all aspects. But if I were mm-hmm. to give you one tip for your audience to get better across mm-hmm. the board would be to look yourself in the mirror a couple of times a week and what I call reevaluate yourself every mm-hmm. single couple of days, you know, time, two or three times. Man, and, then, and the, exactly. You yeah, look at that mirror and you say, yeah, and you say, Who am I? What have I done? Why am I here? Okay, and you know, just fucking question that, question that, yeah. and then answer that for yourself. Yeah, I know that see. I do that, and I'll tell you what, dude, like it works, like it works, you mm-hmm. know. And then I try to do my, I try to go do two to three cold showers a week, five mm-hmm. minute for time frames. That's a life changer. <laughs> yeah, Ralph, I was you just take you five minutes cold showers, bro. Uh, cold, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, five, five minutes cold showers man i'll tell you right now you go in there and you know you you fight your fight you literally you have to fight it and uh but it increases your mindset and that drive man try it and that's what i tell them. a lot of my coaching uh, clients that's what i have them do i have them do, you know a few of those cold showers every week and then we'll see how 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 quick
0: they can start building that mindset you know what? You and Ian Strombeck said the same thing, man, Strombeck. Uh, he said the same yeah. thing, and my dad yeah. has been trying to get me to do this since I was a little boy. Dude, try it,
1: man. Try it. It's yeah. got
0: to be some magic. I might have to try it. He, and he would bust in try. and be like, why is this water so hot, son? You need to take a cold yeah. shower. Men take cold shower. <laughs> okay. This tightens up your skin, gives you a fighting spirit. Yeah. would, you know, my dad would yeah. be yelling at me and I'd be like, ah. You know? That's <laughs> he, funny. That's great. watch me suffer. God bless him. I love awesome. him. But, awesome. Um That's awesome, man. That's good stuff, man. It's been fantastic sharing this time and spending this time with you, brother. And the things that we've been able to talk about, I think, are much needed and they're very important. And they're just going to all around make everyone better protectors and better warriors. Uh, where, can, awesome. where can folks find you, man?
1: Um, basically, uh, manofwar.live, that's our main uh, podcast page, and that's our main uh, company page. We also are doing the uh, Crucible, uh, mm-hmm. April 10th through the 14th. We have a couple applications still open. You can go to war Dev. that's W-A-R-D-E-V, academy.com forward slash Crucible. And of course, on uh, Instagram, I'm pretty heavy there. I'm growing my following there. It's uh, at manofwar with uh, two R's
0: outstanding rafa hey thanks once again for having us having you uh for coming on i'm sorry and it's not uh, and uh all right, thank definitely. you man we'll talk soon god bless bro god bless boom and to support this podcast go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our patreon account that patreon account is what Helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it, one dollar a month. a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's, hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use, put it towards a podcast and get involved in our our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. You know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. And is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.